and welcome to the What Are We Even Doing Here podcast, the podcast that seeks to answer the question of what are we even doing here from a biblical perspective. This is in our own lives and the world. My name is Daryl, and I'm here with my wife, Karen. Yes, you are. Yes, we, we're here together. <laughs> we are part of the Christian Podcast Community. You can find all the podcasts at christianpodcastcommunity.org. And Karen, how was your day? You having a good day? Yeah, I'm having a great day. All right. I got a physical today. Oh, a physical. <laughs> That's always fun. That was, so actually, that was the worst part of my day. But <laughs> mm. Well, it's good to get well, checked. Besides that, yeah. I brought all the kids with me. They were pulling on all the doctor's tools. And yeah. Did any of them get a tongue depressor to bring home? No. That's they usually... didn't get any tokens to bring. No. Oh, that's always. Maybe I'll ask next time. You we'll should. Be back there on Monday. All right. <laughs> You're going back for a physical again Monday? You need two? <laughs> two physicals? I need one. Did you schedule one for me? I did. All right. That's fantastic. Three weeks. I cancel it. I don't want to go. I haven't had a physical in <laughs> I don't know how long. When you had that oh yeah, I guess yeah. last summer. But before that, it's probably years. Yeah. But it's good to get get yourself checked out. But anyway, Karen, what are we even doing here today? Uh, baby escaping. So I'll be right the back. baby's escaping. Well, Daryl, we have a very special guest today. Andrew Ravenport came back? <laughs> no, not yet, but I have a feeling he's the type of guy that just keeps coming back. Yeah. <laughs> but someone just as equally exciting. I, I would probably say more exciting. Because <laughs> they do a podcast together. And, you know, I, I enjoy listening to her half of that more than, more than his. But don't, don't tell Andrew. when he comes on? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, when's this guy going to stop talking? <laughs> yes, but she she knows Andrew very well. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do a podcast together called "So You Want to Be a Podcaster," and a baby cries. And her name is Colleen Sharp. So, Colleen, thank you for coming on our show today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we've been trying to set this up for a while. Then you you went on vacation for like all summer, and then <laughs> quite. But yeah, I was up in in and out. I'm actually leaving in a couple of days for vacation again. Oh, so just because good. we have a motorhome, so we like to oh, take advantage of the nice that's weather. That's so cool. So do you you drive it around to like different campgrounds and, and things like that? Yeah, yeah. So um, we have we've done three long trips. Um, we and there, there's all kinds of different campgrounds. We don't really like the, the kind of campgrounds with all the big RVs, and we like kind of more state park where you um, have space and, and trees and you're not right on top of your neighbors and, and whatnot. But we took a trip to where we drove. We live in Colorado, drove to Southern California, and then we drove all the way up the coast, um, all the way to Washington, and then we went um, – East and went to Yellowstone and and things like that. That was a, a three week trip, and then we took a month trip where we went um, east and um, east and up into Canada, and then uh, down a little bit down the East Coast, and then over. And that was through twenty two states actually. Wow. And then we did um, a longer trip this summer. We went 
um, we decided a lot of our trips have been a lot of driving and we just didn't want that this time. So we drove up to Glacier National Park and spent a week there. And then we went up to Canada, spent time there and then came down, spent a little time in Idaho and then home. And and then we've just been doing some sh short trips because living in Colorado next to the mountains, there's just lots of places. And then next week is our anniversary. So um, we're staying at State Park again on a lake and um, looking forward to that. Wow. Well, that sounds so cool. That sounds like something we always talk about doing one day. We're like. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? So. We now that the kids are older, because my kids are 16, 19, 21, and almost 23. And so, on our long trip this year, our, our youngest son he went on part of it with us, but he had um, some online schooling he had to finish. So, he, he flew back for wasn't on all, all of it with us, but um, you know, we we got this motorhome. We had another one when the kids were younger, but we got this one. Um, so we could do a couple trips before the kids, you know, started, couldn't go on them anymore. And then we look forward to, um, traveling just the two of us, um, in coming years. Nice. That's great. It's and happy anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> happy anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. How, how many years? 24. Awesome. Wow. 24. That's great. Yeah. We've been married for 15 Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like we were actually married until we got saved. It's kind of yeah. it's kind of weird. Yeah, so that's seven years ago for me, actually, this month, since I, since uh, Christ changed my life, and since uh, that would be five years for you, Karen. Yeah. But yeah, that's really when I started learning how to be a husband. Was before that, it was I was terrible, but I'm st I'm still not, <laughs> I'm still not good, but. <laughs> Uh, a little, a little better. <laughs> I'm more aware. At least now. now you feel bad about being a bad husband. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Excellent. So yeah, we we mentioned a little bit before that you do a podcast with Andrew Rappaport, and so you want to be a podcaster. Um, and you also have a podcast called Theology Gals. Yeah. Uh, so so tell us a little bit about one of them, both of it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, just talk a little yes. bit about your podcast. So You Want to Be a Podcaster really is just a small little podcast for Christian podcasters. Um, and so just just a small little podcast that, that comes out when I get my act together and put it out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, what we planned and, you know, it, it'd be nice if I followed my own podcasting advice, but I that one's a little bit different just because it's kind of more for, you know, a certain group of people. So um, where other people may tune in, but um, we were not expecting a broad audience, but theology gals, we've been podcasting for two and a half years, which is amazing. I think we're like episode, I think around episode 125, something like that. Yeah. And uh, we, Basically, we we have had a couple different co-hosts, but we've we put together when I started, uh, we put together kind of our purpose statement to encourage women in the study of God's word, sound theology, and discernment. And we do kind of a mix of different things on theology, gals. So we may do a theological topic like 
um, the the law or the second commandment or something like that. Sometimes we talk about something a little bit more practical that that might be going on today. You know, we've talked about controversy before. Sometimes we'll have a an author that has a new book coming out um, or a guest that's really good on a subject. For instance, recently we had Dr. Dan Van Forrest on that used to be a professor of, of church history. So we had him on just about church history. So we, we really have quite a big mix of topics. And I know that you guys know we recently did a kind of expose, I guess. And it's really the only time that we've ever done that, but on, on uh, MOPS, Mothers of Preschoolers, which is a very popular organization around the country and even around the world. And, you know, and that one, we, as with a lot of them, requires a lot of, of studying and learning, especially if I'm not familiar with it. So, I really, really enjoy doing it. Um, oh, and I also have a Facebook group, Theology Gals Facebook group with, uh, like, I think we got about 5,300 women in there. Wow. And yeah. so. It's hard to even keep up with the posts. I, <laughs> I, I know. It's, I don't know how you keep up with it. <laughs> you know what? I have such a great team of, of people. Um, and that's how, <laughs> because I, I'm pretty strict. I'm pretty strict in there. Yeah. Because when I started it, I did not, I didn't want it to be a debate group. And you guys probably know that there's some theology groups and they just debate. We're going to debate everything. And I said, I just, I don't want it to be that. And I'll tell people when someone like, well, why can't we debate? And I usually say, if you want to debate, you got a, a long list of choices of groups you can join for debating. It's just mm -hmm. not theology else. Right. Yeah. I think that's what I appreciate about it too. It's, you know, it's like refreshing to go there as opposed to uh, giving you a headache sometimes. <laughs> Some right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm in a, a like a Roman Catholic Protestant group, and like it's not even worth debating in there. I see people do it, and I'm like, neither side is really listening, and it's like it's pointless. I just I just check out like the stuff that the Catholics are trying to say in their favor, and I'm like, nah, not really. I but I I just don't engage because I know it's not going to go anywhere in that in that group, you know. But yeah. Yeah, that, that's good to have a group like. Uh, I'm also in a couple other groups that where you know the debate doesn't happen like in that way but it's more like encouraging where people can go and ask questions and then just have a friendly talk about you know the the opposite sides you know but yeah uh, and i and i think if you're discussing opposing views one thing i've said this on my podcast before but one thing i tried to teach my kids is they would sometimes say something and to one of their brothers and I'd say, you know, you shouldn't have said that. And they'd say, but it's true, you know. Yeah. Um, like, so let's say you're a Calvinist and you're talking to our, an Arminian. Mm -hmm. If you say, you know what, you're just a, a full, foolish idiot, that's probably not going to be fruitful. It's right. not going it, to – maybe they are. <laughs> maybe it's true. <laughs> that, yeah. you know? But it's probably not going to be fruitful. So I would teach my – I would ask my kids, well, was it wise to say that? Mm -hmm. um, is it going to be fruitful to say that? And, you know, I'd ask them questions like that. Um, is it kind? Is it gracious? And so I think of it in terms like that. It is, 
it is possible to be respectful and gracious and have fruitful conversations with people we disagree with. But in some groups, it just seems like a lot of talking over each other. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you have this podcast and the uh, theology gals and you're doing the podcast with Andrew. Uh, I guess, you know, I gave you a little bit of my backstory, not really a lot, but it's seven years that I've been saved, Karen for five. Uh, Did you grow up in a Christian home or did you just one day wake up and you're a Christian and now you're going to have a podcast? (laughs) <laughs> well, first, first of all, because I'm hoping, next step, right? Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that a, a lot of Theology Gals um, listeners will listen to this podcast and maybe haven't heard you before, but um, having listened to your podcast, I know that you guys have gone into more detail on your podcast about mm-hmm. your background and testimonies. So, um, you know, if you're just listening to them for the first time, it might be worth checking that out and just hearing about how the Lord brought them to himself and has worked in their lives. Um, And especially that you guys both came to Christ. And I know that didn't happen, you know, exact simultaneous moment, but um, what a blessing that is because sometimes you have one person in a marriage that becomes a Christian and the other one doesn't for years and years. So that's um, such a blessing for you guys. So I, um, my parents met working for Billy Graham. Oh, wow. And so um, I grew grew up, my, my dad's a convert from Orthodox Judaism. And my mom grew up in, you know, as a, a pastor and missionary daughter. And so I grew up in a wonderful Christian home. And I grew up in a really good church, not a, not a reformed church, although it was um, eventually, by the time after I went to college, kind of became Reformed Baptist. But I, I, but it was a very good church. It was a very, very good, strong Bible um, preaching and a, a clear gospel and good pastors. And and I'm I'm grateful for my for my growing up. The Evangelical Free Church is the denomination I grew up in. And some people may not know this, but Evangelical Free Churches can um, can be very different from one another because um, they can write their own kind of constitution on what they believe within reason. Obviously, everyone has to hold to the foundational doctrines, but even some people don't even know this, but even down to baptism, because the Evangelical Free Church church's history is Lutheran because if you trace it back a, a ways um, it's the the free Lutheran church out of Sweden and the one out of Norway so they even allow each church to decide what t- sort of baptism and whatnot I grew up in a baptistic one okay. but I so I cannot remember not believing in Christ as my savior wow. I um have memories when I was four years old of feeling sorry, sorrow for my sin and praying Mm. and asking the Lord to forgive me for sinning. And I just, I can't remember a time that I didn't trust Christ. And from the time I was very young, I, I always just had a strong faith in Christ and I believed it strongly to the point I used to tell people (laughs) that even in my at my babysitter's house when I was five, that 
they needed to believe in Jesus and, you know, and I would share a five-year-old version of the gospel, you know, that you're a sinner and Jesus died on the cross and, you know, so on. And so I, I'm really, really grateful for that, mm-hmm. that I kind of have that background in my um, my mom and my grandparents, especially really um, hammered into me by example and by training the importance of studying and knowing the word of God as foundational to our Christian faith and practice. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that, that's a blessing, you know, because you always hear stories like testimonies of like, e- even like me seven years ago, I was saved uh, or like people like they're in drug addiction and then the Lord saved them. And th- those are great testimonies. But then people who grew up in the church might feel like, Oh, you know, well, I was always a believer, but th- I think, you know, that story needs to be told more. And, and, you know, cause that's a, such a blessing that God would, you know, from a young age, you know, keep you. Right. Yeah, and, and don't, isn't that what we hope for our children even? Yeah, yeah exactly. Like that's a, like, I don't, I don't want my daughter to have, falling away. yeah, I don't, I don't want her to have <laughs> that, that testimony, but it it is, you know, God's always glorified in it, but you know, would it be great that he just keeps her like this whole time, you know, and if, if we get to adopt this baby that you hear giggling in the background, same thing, like we want to raise him the same way that, you know, and and yeah, there'll, there'll be moments, you know, of maybe going down the wrong path, but you know, just being faithful to, in that God has in his promises, if we raise our children, you know, amen. Amen. All right. So we're going to take a short commercial break and then be right back with more Colleen Sharp. Are you just watching? Do you enjoy watching movies? The special effects, the interesting characters, the great stories. There's a lot to enjoy that comes out of Hollywood, but sometimes it's best to approach secular media with a healthy dose of critical thinking. Join me, E. Franklin and Tim Martin. As we discuss our favorite movies and share critical thinking for the entertained Christian. So visit areyoujustwatching.com to subscribe. And don't just watch. And we're back. Yes. That was a great commercial. I don't know which one we played, but that was a great, a great commercial. <laughs> Definitely check out that. Book <laughs> yeah, check out our podcast and or thing. <laughs> But anyway, we're, we're back with more Colleen Sharp from Theology Gals. And so you want to be a podcaster. And Colleen, how did you come across Reformed Theology? I you know you said you, you were raised in the Evangelical Free Church, um, which isn't really a Reformed church. But what led you down the path of Reformed Theology? So I kind of see... The, so I was very into apologetics as a teenager, and I would always, you know, share my faith with Mormons at, in high school and different things like that and study apologetics. And um, I had a little, in high school, I had a, a very small group of friends that we all took our faith very serious. And so one of those friends that I've known since... Um, I think junior high is when I've known him from during the summer. And I want to say it before our senior year, or maybe it was, I, I'm not even sure if it was before I went to college or before our senior year that this happened, but I kind of see it as the 
the first step is he had said, hey, do you want to get together and go through this Ephesians study this summer? And we were just friends. There was, you know, we were never anything more than friends, but he just wanted to go through Ephesians and we were buddies. In fact, he dated um, one of my close friends. I'm sure let's do this Ephesians study through the summer. So we're going through Ephesians 1, you know, God shows us in him before the foundation of the world and so on and so forth. And um, and he was kind of leaning, I didn't know what Calvinism was or anything like that, but he was leaning towards a view of election at that point. And I was annoyed with him. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I cannot believe that God would just choose some and not choose others and blah, blah, blah. And we even got in a little spat over it. And not long after that, I, and he wasn't Calvinistic yet, but he was kind of on his way also. He's actually ended up going to Westminster Seminary later down the road, but he was on his way too. And so I, um, I would listen to some, a sermon from a Calvary chapel pastor in the car one day on my way to work and so I guess it maybe was after graduation that we did this before I went to college because I took a semester off and I, I was dri- driving to work and I heard this sermon um, and it was on Ephesians 1 and he explained you know he said he explained that God looks through the corridor of time and he sees who is going to choose him, and that's who he elects. And I, that sounded good to me. So I called up my friend, and I said, I get it now. Let me tell you how it is. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, I don't think that's how it is. Mm-hmm. So really, really frustrated with this whole thing. I'm like, I'm going to go talk to my pastor. And it's before we'd gotten the Reformed Baptist pastor, but it's a pastor I'd had most of my growing up and I, I had no idea what Calvinism was and, and whatnot. So I went to him and I said, so, um, you know, he, he knew my friend too. Mm-hmm. Now we've gotten in this little spat about election and whatnot. And, and he said, okay, I want you to go read a book called chosen by God by RC Sproul. And I was like, Oh, great. <laughs> so, and I was like, I'm not going to go read that book. I'm just like, whatever. Okay, I'm I'm forgetting about this. And then I went I went I went to a little dispensational college for a little while and then I transferred to a I didn't think about it at all, the dispensational college. I didn't go there very long. And then I transferred to a Wesleyan Arminian Bible college. And the reason I went to this, it was a slew of reasons why I went there. Because, I mean, it, I, also, I wasn't Wesleyan either. I was probably Arminian, but for sure not Wesleyan. Mm-hmm. And they had some crazy beliefs. It was a a really old, small holiness Bible college. Like you can be entirely sanctified and no longer sin and, and whatnot. Although they redefined sin. Mm-hmm. So in, in Bible college, you read, you take old Testament survey and new Testament survey. And I, um, I took old Testament survey first and I began to see God's sovereignty through every page and that was kind of the first thing I began to see. And then I began to see his grace throughout, throughout scripture. And then when I got to new Testament survey, reading through the new Testament, everything kind of came together in my head as much as it could without being told 
you know, that you're a Calvinist, but I, I understood that we're great sinners and that we can't come to the Lord without his work in our lives and that he does choose some and not others. Uh, for me, you know, I want to, don't want to get too deep into reformed theology, but I'd even come to the conclusion I'd grown up in dispensationalism, but I'd come to the conclusion that there was one people of God, not two, which actually helped me to understand that God's always had a chosen people. So I did, still don't know, you know, what this was called or anything, but I was very confident that this was so clear in scripture that it can't be possible. Oh, by the way, Andrew Upport's going to disagree with me on that. Yeah. <laughs> <But> it, <laughs> But I thought it can't be possible that I'm the only one that believes this because it's just so clear. So um, my grandfather, my grandparents uh, lived about five hours from my college and I went to go spend spring break with them. And so I asked my grandpa, do you have some sort of book that talks about the different kinds of theology and describes them? And he had Strong's... Um, systematic theology from when he was in seminary and he said i i don't know if this is going to be what you want but you might you know maybe this will be helpful and there was a section about the five points of calvinism and i had my little notebook and i'm writing down everything this is what i believe this is what i believe and i was so excited that i figured it out so from there Eventually, I left Iowa where I was going to school, and I moved to um, Chicago, and um, I met my husband about a, a couple months after I moved there at a birthday party. I met someone at a, a gal at a church, and she invited me to go to a birthday party for someone in their church, happened to be my husband's roommate, but my husband was a little further along in his Reformed theology, and... So we kind of talked about Reformed Theology all evening, and he recommended I listen to a radio show. Back, this was 1994, so we had to turn on the radio at 11 p.m. to listen to this live one-hour radio show called The White Horse Inn. It's a podcast now. Nice. And that's how I learned Reformed Theology. The summer of 1994, I would record each episode, and I would listen to it at least three times through the week and I ordered some cassette tapes from them and I read Michael Horton's book putting amazing back into grace and everything just clicked and mm -hmm. then eventually I looked up reformed in the yellow pages that's what we had to do in 1994 <laughs> and, <laughs> what are those? Um, no Google no Google <laughs> right no Google um, and I ended up at a Reformed Presbyterian Church in North America. And that uh, the first Sunday I came in and I'd called the pastor and I'd kind of told him just briefly, I'm kind of learning about Reformed theology and I believe what I've learned so far, except baptism. Not, I was not a Pado Baptist yet. Mm -hmm. um, that took several more years, but I, but so he kind of knew my story. And the first day I was there, he gave me a West, he gave me a, a, a book of the Westminster larger and shorter catechisms and the, the Westminster confession. So kind of that was, that's the, 
that's probably a long version right there, but that's how I came to several years later, my husband and I growing together, we always went to a, a Presbyterian church and um, my husband growing up Lutheran, the baptism thing was really difficult for him. And I know you guys aren't paid a Baptist, but I am. And so um, it, it, it took me a, a little while and then, um, and then eventually my husband also. So mm-hmm. then I was fully reformed or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> or as my Lutheran, Lutheran friends say, truly reformed. So anyways. That's an amazing story. I feel like a, a movie of that just played in my head as you were telling me. <laughs> that should be the next Christian film. It should. How I Became Reformed. <laughs> we, we would watch it. We would watch better. it, yeah. Yeah, there'd be like 10 people that watch it. <laughs> right. including, I, I don't even know if my kids would watch it. <laughs> okay, well, like, we've heard that story. <laughs> yeah. We've known it to people who wouldn't watch it. and then. <laughs> well, what I loved about it was it, it went back to scripture. Like, that's right. you were, you, were yeah. re, you were studying the Bible and that's mm-hmm. where you saw these things and then you just needed to confirm it basically like you know from from like a systematic theology book like reaffirmed it for you listening to the white horse sand reaffirmed it for you mm-hmm. but you, but it was always there it was it was what right. you, now you just had a name to put to it basically yeah because it really was um, when you when you take um, Old Testament survey, New Testament survey, especially the Old Testament, you are, you have, you have to read a lot some nights. So if you think about, you're getting through the whole Old Testament in one semester. Wow. So that's a lot of chapters every night. Um, and sometimes I would procrastinate. So, okay, class isn't till Wednesday. <laughs> I don't have to read any tonight, but you know, um, but it really was reading through all of scripture quickly it, for mm. some odd reason really helped me to see that. Yeah. Well, it makes sense because like if you sit down and just do a little piece at a time, you don't really maybe have a chance to see the bigger picture, but if you're taking right. bigger chunks quickly, then you can see, you know, the whole tapestry woven through. Right. And chunks that you might not like, oh, yeah, I'm going to read some judges tonight or numbers, you know, I mean, we should all be reading those. But more often than not, that's not where we turn. You know, I just need to read a little Bible today. We're going to turn to the New Testament or Mm -hmm. um, Psalms or Proverbs or, you know what I'm saying. So it was it was good for me. Right. When when I first heard about election, I was I had on the AM radio station, Christian station, somebody told me about and I hear this guy talking about election and i remember getting mad like i was angry i was like what do you mean kind of like what you were saying like what do you mean god chooses? right and then i i went to the section of scripture he was talking about i was like well it, it kind of does say that you know and it, and it was actually john MacArthur who i was listening to and i was like well, oh okay yeah and then then on that same radio station was like rc Sproul, so like it would be playing late and he was talking about the same stuff and i was like what <laughs> You know, but, but then I, you know, started digging more into it and yeah, it's there. And now I can't see it. I can't read it and not see it. Right. That, that's what happens. Like sometimes uh, I'm, I know I'm just teasing you guys a little bit about the baptism thing, but um, like I'm trying. I'm I'm, I'm, inconclusive. Yeah. Yeah. Like somebody said to me recently, once I saw infant baptism in scripture, I couldn't unsee it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe we'll get to that. Yeah. Hey, it took it took my husband and I years. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I always yeah. say 
you know what? You have time. Take your mm-hmm. time with anything yeah. that you study, which is always the best way. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I'm not rushing it, I'm, you know, but I'm studying more of it. I listened to, you sent me the, the R. Scott Clark uh, series from the Heidelcast. Yeah, that's a great and, one. Yeah, and, and just the way he explains it, like, just makes so much sense. And then I, I downloaded a uh, Covenant Theology class from uh, RTS, I think. Oh, is it the um, the Lincoln Duncan one? I, I started listening to the Lincoln uh, Lincoln Duncan one a couple months ago. I didn't get through. Oh, okay. It, but uh, but it was it was a different one. I forget who was teaching the class, but basically it started the same way. But he's uh, I'm sure going to go over the same stuff. But yeah, and that's what's great too. There's so many resources out there like that you can just learn from. And and every time we come across something in, in our daily. Bible reading we send to each other. Wait, this could be like, <laughs> and that's fun. Passage means, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, uh, yeah. when Karen, you you use the uh, Reformation Study Bible a lot when you're, yeah. So there's a lot in there from that perspective, you know. Right. Uh, but we're gonna take uh, one more short break, and then we'll be right back with one more segment with Colleen. Ephesians chapter four, verse twenty-five. Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you with his neighbor, for we are members of one another for his name's sake. What's up, everybody? I'm Jamal Bandy, the host of the Prescribed Truth Podcast, where I seek to distribute the truth that the doctor prescribes to the church and the world today. The Lord graciously brought me out of a cult in 2010, saved me in 2013, and in 2017, Prescribed Truth began. My mission has been to spread the truth of God's word while refuting dangerous lies affecting most churches and the culture at large from a biblical and reformed perspective. Join me on Sundays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time for the live recording of the podcast on YouTube and download the audio version wherever podcasts can be found, including the Christian podcast community. If you would like to know more about Prescribed Truth, please visit my website at prescribedtruth.com. And remember, this world is full of errors, but the only thing that the doctor prescribes is truth. Blessings. And we're back. That was another good commercial. I think that was that was a great one. That's a great show. I love that show. Uh, anyway, we're here with Colleen Sharp from Theology Gals, and so you want to be a podcaster. And Colleen, you do you did a few shows uh, about discernment, just like topics that uh, you know ministries that maybe we should be careful of following or, or uh, you know listening to or maybe going to these groups. Um, And I think that's great because I don't think a lot of people are very discerning in the Christian world. They just hear, Oh, this is Christian. It must be good. And they don't really dig into the background of it. So why do you think it's important for us as Christians to be discerning and to like warn other Christians lovingly about some of these ministries? Well, let me actually start with, I have a a great quote that I love from Sinclair Ferguson about discernment, because I think it's helpful to kind of build the foundation here of what we're talking about when we say discernment. And Mm -hmm. he says, true discernment means not only distinguishing the right from the wrong, it means distinguishing the primary from the secondary, the essential from the indifferent, and the 
permanent from the transient. And yes, it means distinguishing between the good and the better, and even between the better and the best. And there's a there's a quote from from um, Spurgeon, and it's something like it's you know, distinguishing the difference between right and almost right. But I think even what Ferguson says, you know, understanding the difference between what are primary doctrines and, and, you know, because if you have something that's contrary to a primary doctrine, like somebody denies the Trinity, then they're just not even a Christian at all. But somebody has a different view of eschatology, uh, you know, we're not throwing them out. We're, it's an acceptable um, dis- disagreement. But so if we think of discernment in, tr- in terms of knowing the truth, first of all, where do we know the truth from? The Word of God. Mm-hmm. And God's Word is our, it's our foundation, it's our standard for Christian life and godliness, you know. Or as um, our Scott Clark says, um, piety and practice, which, you know, I really like. I mean, it really tells us everything. And so if we're Christians and the Lord has come and saved us, we should desire to, to know and live and believe and teach the things that are true according to his word. Um, I think it's an important part. Some people think discernment is and I won't get into this deeply, but we have an episode on discernment where we discuss this. Discernment's just a spiritual gift for some, but no, that's actually, it's not like you, you get to be discerning and I don't have to because it's not my gift, but all Christians are called to be discerning. Right. Definitely. Amen. <laughs> um, and, and with that, you know, why do you think Christians aren't as discerning as they should be, and maybe even more in in the uh, like women's ministries, because I see. I mean, there's a fair share of men's ministries that are out there that are bad, and men are just following these. But specifically, since you address a lot of uh, issues, and and your podcast is designed to help women, why do you think a, a lot of women's ministries aren't as discerning? Well, so I. I think sometimes I just want to say this real quick. I think sometimes people will say, oh, it's especially women's ministries, but, but actually it's not. There's right, a lot of right, bad yeah. stuff in mm-hmm. women's ministries. We don't think of our church has a men's ministry. There just isn't one at all, you know, or right. something like that. They're just off doing their own thing. Sometimes, you know, we don't want to overgeneralize and not all women's ministries are bad either. But, but if you go down to your local Christian bookstore, and you go to the women's ministry section, you're going to see some stuff that's probably not good. And, you know, again, I don't want to overgeneralize women, but I think, uh, for instance, we did a review of the most popular so-called Christian book of 2018 called Girl, Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis. And people kept writing and asking, do you know anything about this book? I mean, it was on, it was on the best sell, all kinds of bestsellers list for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And in fact, I think it's still on bestseller list. And um, so I don't, I don't usually go and read that sort of thing. It's just not, it's not my thing. And so I read it and I realized maybe what is attractive about it is it was a, the the flavor of it was very much a, you go girl, you can Mm -hmm. do it, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And I think maybe, 
um, we're attracted. Well, we're sinners. So that's why, <laughs> that's right. why there's a lack of discernment. But I, I think for so many reasons, especially today, I would say the primary reason is, is um, that there's a, my favorite book on church history is called, um, it's about American church history called The Lost Soul of American Protestantism by um, D.G. Hart. Highly recommend it. I, I recommend it all the time on my podcast. And he kind of uh, goes through why he thinks we've, we've gotten from a time where our early history, there were these, we had Puritans and some strong Presbyterian and Reformed pastors. And, and all of a sudden, we have Joel Osteen. And Joyce Myers. So why is that? And he kind of says the move away from confessionalism. And and I would agree. I think we're at a place where Christianity is now about sentimentalism and mm-hmm. the, those sorts of things. I'm I'm going to believe what I want. Like you'll hear jokes about women's Bible studies where they go around. What does this mean to you? Well, I don't care what it means to you. What does it mean? Right. And. So I think part of the problem is, is that we're all out doing faith on our own. We've forgotten the importance of the local church um, and, and having the importance of foundational doctrines. And so people are just kind of doing what they want, what feels good to them, what's right in their own eyes, but under the, under the banner of Christianity. So I don't know if that even answers your question because I could say so much about the subject, but no, I think no. it's just a variety of reasons. The why, I think, is a variety of reasons. Right. Yeah, I agree. What would you say to encourage people uh, who want to help their, their Christian brothers and sisters who might be in, like following some of these false teachers or following, you know, or in certain groups, like – you know, they've been there for a while. They've been following this teacher for a while. And you, you just want to find a way to kind of to, to lead them out of that, to share truth with them, but doing it in a loving way. Like, what would you say to encourage? Yeah, I, th- I don't think there's a black and white answer to that because mm-hmm. so many things, you know, what is your relationship with this person and so on and so right. forth. But often we get questions like that in theology gals group. And one thing I will recommend. So let's say, let's say my next door neighbor goes to the local vineyard church and is following all kinds of crazy teachers and whatnot. In that situation, I might say, Hey, would you like to do a Bible study like every other week? I, you know, we're both Christians. I'd love to do a Bible study with you. That might be the place to start and really look at scripture. Maybe you pick out a book. Um, Sometimes I think that that can be the best way. Um, Not like I'm going to hit you, especially if it's somebody who maybe is very immature in their faith. The the last thing you want to do is like, just come to be known as just a critical person that's going to criticize everything they do. So as with everything, I always say wisdom is so important. And so you kind of have to weigh several factors. Who are they to you? Um, You, you can have, sometimes you can have conversations. Let's say you have a family member and you might say, you know, um, I was, I actually had this situation. Um, Chris, I don't know if you know who Chris Rosebro is, but he has a show called fighting for the faith and he literally did a review 
of a sermon from the church one of my family members goes to, and it was bad. Oh, wow. And I didn't, I wanted to be really careful, but I didn't know that much about this church that my family member went to. Mm -hmm. And so I I wanted to be really careful. And so I said, yeah. So I was listening to this radio show and, and I heard a sermon from your pastor and, um, yeah, I had some I had some concerns, mm-hmm. and I just tried to have a conversation. I don't think it really went that well, and I can't promise you that your conversations will go well. Um, and I, I always say, pray for wisdom, lots of wisdom. Prayer is so important, and asking the Lord for wisdom, and also going to the Word of God, which really um, is the source mm-hmm. for being able to discern and and so much wisdom in there too. So I wish I had a better answer, but I think it just really depends on, on so many things. Yeah. Well, the way um, Daryl taught me discernment was um, he sent me links to Justin Peters' videos. All the- <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Watch this uh, Clouds Without Water series. <laughs> Well, and that's an, that's actually not a bad idea, too, where you could send somebody a video. That's why I think mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, if you have some relationship with them, you might also have some idea of what they respond well to mm-hmm. or what, you know, might be a more fruitful conversation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember a few years ago, like, when I started looking into more of this stuff with, you know, Christianity and, and, you know, I started, you know, everybody was reading Jesus calling that I knew. And then I started seeing things like why it's bad. So I used to just send them links like, no, stop reading it. And that didn't go too well when I, <laughs> when I would be that aggressive with it. But yeah, definitely, you know, knowing the person you're, you're talking with and how they react to things and finding away but i think that's great like let's let's go over this together let's sit down and what does the bible say because at the end of the day that's what's where the truth is it's not going to be my word against theirs it's going to be what does god say about this and is there right instance where you shouldn't speak up do you think um i think there probably are instances i mean i like, I, I think I fight that a lot. I'm like, should I say something? Should I? Right. I mean, I think you could probably go to salvation issue, but. <laughs> right. You could probably go too far. You know, I uh, honestly, if it comes to foundational doctrines, and that's something that theology gals, we always say we pick our battles and there's only certain hills we'll yeah. die on. Right. And the the main ones being and every once in a while if we see something damaging we'll we'll address it but the the hills that we'll die on is the gospel and essential doctrines of the christian faith so those are hills to die on because those two things if you don't if if you're believing something contrary to an essential doctrine in church history you're not saved i mean this is Hmm. you know you'll hear the term that's a you know denying the trinity is a damnable heresy Mm-hmm. And so if um, one of my friends or one of my family members was believe, believing something erroneous about, um, you know, the doctrine of God, that's an essential doctrine, um, or, or if they had a false gospel, that is, I'm going to put urgency on that. And that is 
that sort of thing, you want to find a way to urgently and quickly speak up and find a way to address it if you're able with wisdom and in a way that's hopefully fruitful and through prayer. If it's, uh, you know, ultra charismatic, maybe not to the point of heresy, uh, you know, you might find other ways to do it. I think the quote that I quoted from Sinclair Ferguson, that's why it's important to distinguish between, I mean, we, in discernment, we distinguish between truth and error, right and wrong, things like that. But we also, within being discerning, okay, is this a foundational doctrine or is this is something that within the Christian faith is an acceptable view? And so, and there's also the sorts of things that I kind of see as that's not, that's not a heresy, but it's also a concerning view. And so I might want to put a little urgency on it. Yeah. And yeah, it's hard. It's hard, especially with people that you love. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, and definitely, especially when it's people that have helped you along early in your Christian faith. And then, uh, right. you know, you want to reach out to them and be like, okay, maybe this isn't too good for you to be reading. Uh, but yeah, I think it just comes with time and, and maturity and prayer, like you said, lots of lots of right. prayer. But, uh, well, we'd like to thank you for being on our show. We're gonna now ask you a fun question. I thought of a fun question for you. Okay. Now you were telling us before of all, all the traveling that you have done. What is one place you haven't been yet that you really want to go to? Okay, well, let me just preface this by saying it is my goal to make it to all 50 states, and I've made it to 47. And so I'm actually going to say a a two-part answer. I really want to make it to Tennessee and Alaska. Those are two of the last three. Arkansas is the third. You know, I'm going to go to Arkansas, and I'm sure it's a beautiful state, but I'm not like, go to Arkansas now. Um, I'm really excited to take it. We really want to take the motorhome and – it's going to be a long trip. We're going to do one summer, maybe, I don't know when, but we really want to drive up through Canada all the way to Alaska. And that's, that's a long trip. So that's, that's something I'm very, very much looking forward to doing one day when we have a little bit more time. Awesome. Yeah. It's probably, yeah, probably better to go in the summer than in the winter. To yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Because I'll tell, I'll tell you what we, we went in June in, into the beginning of July um, on our last trip, and I wore a sweater every single day mm. until we got to Wyoming, back to Wyoming because Canada, it, it rained every single day of our trip. Not all day, every day, but it rained a lot. But it was cold in Canada in June. <laughs> I was cold. So. Yeah. Well, we. Well, that's an awesome. How many states have we been to, Karen? (laughs) (laughs) Mainly the East Coast, and we went out to LA once a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, a lot of traveling left. Not very well traveled at all. (laughs) Um, So, is there anything else you'd like to to share with the listening audience? If you want to plug your podcast again, or uh... you know, I actually want to. This might be a great example. Um, 
I'll, I'll add this. This might might be a great example of what I was talking about recently. As you mentioned, and I mentioned, we did um, a podcast about mops. And in that case, when we were reviewing it, and this is kind of how discernment works, uh, are there, when I'm reading through and reading through their curriculum, learning about them, reading through the books the president has written, which are included in the curriculum, um, and I apologize because you might hear my dog in the background. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, see, there, there you go. Hold on. So when I was reading through that, I wanted to see, are there errors and how serious are the errors? If we found little things like they're Arminians, we probably would have been like, you know, it's not reformed, but, you know, we didn't see anything real con- concerning. Not, you know, there was a clear gospel or whatever. The reason why we came out and said we're really concerned is because they were promoting teachers who are actual heretics that teach um, things contrary to essential doctrines of the Christian faith. People like Rob Bell and who and Rob Bell is somebody who denies, I think, every essential doctrine of the Christian faith. And then they were not giving a clear gospel. So. Yeah. When we're going to be discerning about a ministry, uh, I would say, you know, for, for those listening, that's that's what you always want to do. You want to say, oh, if you're trying to be discerning about something, because you'd asked earlier, you know, how, how do we be discerning about different things? And I wanted to make sure I said that is, you know, you're looking when you're going through, you're looking th- to see if there's any error, but then you also need to weigh that error. How serious is this error? I might be a strong Calvinist, but I'm not going to say Arminianism is a damnable heresy. Mm-hmm. And so, anyways, I would just I would just encourage that with a. And I want to add to that if you're somebody who's like I don't know that I even know what the essential doctrines are. I want to give a plug to a great website that Michael Horton has done called Core Christianity. He's got a book called Core Christianity, but he also has a website called Core Christianity. Mm-hmm. And in Core, the Core Christianity website is a free series you can go through. You can go through it by yourself, go through it with your best friend or with a group, and you can learn those core doctrines. And you learn those from the Word of God, and that's going to help you to be more discerning. That's great. He also he also has a the core Christianity podcast that uh, I think Monday through Friday. Yes, that that's true. Yeah, he answers questions from uh, listeners. Like they either call in or they email him. So I try to listen to that as much as I can. Yeah, that's a, that's great. You mentioned that. I forgot about that. Awesome. Well, Colleen, thank you for your time. Uh, Karen, do you have anything else to? Yeah, I just want to also just thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. It's been amazing, and, and just getting to meet you that one time was amazing. And- oh, I know. I per- meant to say that earlier. People, do- The audience doesn't even know we've met in real life. Yeah. yeah. I about that. You guys have even met my husband, my yeah. mysterious husband that's, you know, doesn't like being in the spotlight. So, <laughs> greatest guy, though. But, um, yeah, so we've I've actually met Karen and Daryl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> oh, is that what it's called? I, I don't know. Yeah. Andrew like Short nicknamed hand. it Suffercon. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound like something I want to be a part of. Yeah, That's right. in my life. Yeah, it's like uh, <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Hashtag uh, Suffercon. What? <laughs> <laughs>
but yeah, I was listening to your podcast before I met you, and it was so refreshing because I feel like it's so nice to find a nice, solid, encouraging podcast done by women for women and you know it's just something i like to share with other women and and that's that's important too when you are trying to be discerning to have good resources to share with people so yes amen thank you for what you've been doing and um yeah just how you've been encouraging women and uh so and what a blessing how your podcast has grown so tremendously and we thank you for helping us in our walk and our little podcast and and um yeah yeah and and really it's all the lord i'm sure in the same way that you guys can see how it's the lord's work to bring you to salvation and in the growth that you've had already i mean you we can just really see the lord's work throughout amen all right. Well, make sure you check out all the podcasts as a Christian podcast community at christianpodcastcommunity.org. And so you can find Theology Gals, Gals there as well as So You Want to Be a Podcaster and Five Solas and the list goes on. So check out all of them. Um, just got an email. Okay. Just got an email. Uh, yeah. And you go to our Facebook what are we even doing here? And if you have any questions, you can always contact us there. It's the best place to contact us. We don't have an email yet for this podcast, but that's easy enough. You can make one. Uh, so if you have... Yeah. We'll share it next time. Cool. So check out all the stuff. Do the things, the Twitter, the social media stuff, because that's how professional I am to call it social media stuff. So, Karen, <laughs> will you take us out, please? All right. Well, in the meantime, we pray that you will seek the kingdom of God and continue to learn what we are even doing here. Grace and peace. I'm, I'm sorry, I gotta let her out.